Alright, so thank you so much for your questions. And uh, in the interest of time, we'll have one last question, but I'm sorry, but it'll be from me. Uh, I have a question that I'd like to ask. Um, yeah, I guess since today is about diversity and inclusivity, um, I just wanted to pose a different perspective and ask, um, in the pursuit of this ideal of being diverse and inclusive, um, do you see it potentially becoming corrupt or at least maybe uh, compromising on meritocracy, uh, the meritocracy that has brought Singapore to where it is today? Yeah. I'll just take some. It's, it's interesting because uh, UK is having that conversation right now. Mm. They've been doing um, recruitment for their armed forces, and apparently the recruitment is such that they're paying so much attention to that diversity bit that there's a question of whether they're actually recruiting enough people for the operational capability. Um, and there's been a lot of criticism about that. It's not to say that being diverse races aren't operationally ready, but the, the first and foremost mission of an armed forces is that you must be able to have the skill sets to do the defense and, and all the rest of it. And you start looking purely at diversity. And in their context, diversity is not just about race. It will include uh, gender, it will include their identity, and, and a whole range of other things. Um, and then you actually compromise your, your original conditions. So I would say that what we should do is we should just remember our approach has always been best person for the job, but at the same time we keep an eye out to make sure that it's a balance. And that is what the whole GRC system is about. If you think about it, why do we have the GRC system? It is in order to make sure that we we'll always have a broad racial representation and you don't inadvertently have an electoral system that becomes only about one race. But we didn't want to do it in a way where you have to designate a particular race just for, for one particular area because people also need to have a choice. So the idea was to do it in a GRC so that you have four or five, usually four now, uh, one of which is a different race. And that gives access to, to, to the electorate. So there are different ways that you can do it, um, but the key thing is that under the parliamentary system, I mean, you still have to fulfill all the requirements as the age 21, as the citizen, you must get some mind, that's, a, that's very important in the parliamentary. Um, and there's not like that, various other things, good character. So the base finding has always been met. We pay attention to diversity, but we make sure that the person there can do it. Um, I think for me it's more at a personal level. I think um, diversity and inclusion, they are really important. And I always tell my kids, my kids are your, uh, your ages, I have two. I tell them that um, you want to have, uh, have the same things, you must have a seat at the table. To get a seat at the table, you must work harder, do better, do more, so that you're recognized for your efforts and not just by your race. And that's, that's, at a personal level, that's what you should be doing at. You want to change things, work hard at it, and you will be able to do that. Final thought. Uh, sorry, just before my final thought, just I forgot to say about cancer culture. I say don't cancel and don't be cancelled. If you see someone being cancelled and you don't do anything, you are also guilty. We are also guilty. You know, it's like that you see someone throwing stones at people and you don't put a stop to it. We are all guilty. There's guilty by commission, this called guilty by commission. Okay, now come back to that. Diversity and meritocracy are not uh, in conflict. 
In fact, they should mutually reinforce. We want diversity in the different skill sets and strengths in your generation. We want your generation to have broadened definition of success where success is not just defined in one dimension, either by your academics or anything else. The more dimensions we have, the more dimensions of strengths we have in our society, the more resilient our society becomes. Because in future, you never know what crisis we will be confronted with. Whenever we are confronted with, we need a diversity of strengths to try to come up with new solutions. But in each of those dimensions of strength, it is a meritocratic system. For example, if we want to do well in the arts, it is a meritocratic system. There are standards there. You want to do well in sports, it is a meritocratic system. You want to do well in your academics, it is a meritocratic system. So diversity and meritocracy doesn't conflict. If diversity and meritocracy, you see as one, is what people call affirmative action. They just try to fix the result and pretend to be diverse, but then it's no longer meritocratic. Right? For us, we have different dimensions, different definitions of success, a much more broader definition of success rather, but each of them is meritocratic in a way. So it can be good in your science, good in your math, but in each of the areas, it is a meritocratic. So that is important to remember. It's not in conflict. And we want to build a more resilient society. We want to celebrate the diverse strengths. And I would encourage you all to think of it in this way. And I always like to ask this question. When you grow up and you go out to work, what do you think will be the first question your potential employer asks you if you are going to go for a job? What do you think is the first question your employer or your potential employer will ask you when you go into a job? If they ask you about your PSLE score, better than work for them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, <laughs> what do you think is the first question? Anyone? Why do you want to work for me? Uh, yes, that's one possible first question. Do you have any relevant work experience? Sorry? Do you have any relevant work experience? No, you see, that answer must be no because you all come from schools. So <laughs> that cannot be the starting point, right? Tell me more about yourself. Okay, something along those lines. But what are strength and weaknesses? Actually, if I'm your potential employer, and one day I may be your potential employer, join the public service. I would like to know what is your unique selling proposition. Why should I employ you and what unique skills you bring to the table? And I'll just end off today's sharing with a story that I've shared many times before to many audiences. How do, you know, US Special Forces, the Green Berries, how do they recruit people? A lot of people think that to join the US Special Forces, uh, the sole criteria is the size of your biceps. <laughs> That's the furthest from the truth. In the US Special Forces, they want a diversity of talent. Because the only way that they can outwit the enemy and go and catch and go after Osama bin Laden or anyone else is to be able to surprise the enemy. And to be able to surprise the enemy, they constantly have to find unique ways to come up with new ways of operations and not follow the whole book. Because whatever is written in the doctrine is written by the experiences of the past operations. So they are constantly trying to create new things. 
And for anyone who joined the U, who wants to join the U.S. Special Forces, they must have a unique skill set. But in that dimension of the unique skill set, they must compete and be very competitive. I have two U.S. Special Forces friends when I was training in the U.S. One when I was in Fort Manning, his specialization was astronomy. Then you might be wondering why that U.S. Special Forces, right? Okay, you'll be surprised to know because when you have a different view of knowledge, you see things in different perspective, you actually come up with different ideas. My second U.S. Special Force friend is even more surprising. She's a 40-year-old lady and her bicep is not very big. <laughs> right? And what was her specialization? I met her in 1997. That time we were beginning to learn how to use a computer and email. She knew how to set up the internet. And she's a 40-year-old lady. Nobody expected her to be a US Green Bank. So don't be taken and by surprise that you think that we have some stereotypical thing. Why I share with you this story is this is exactly how the US Special Forces continue to reinvent itself and outwit the enemy. They celebrate a diversity of strengths to constantly come up with new ideas, but in each of those areas, they push very hard to find the best, and it's in a meritocratic way. So this is how the US Special Forces continue to hone its cutting edge compared to many other forces around the world. And this is what we also hope that one of these days, you all will also have your unique selling proposition, able to know your strengths and weaknesses and able to appreciate the diversity of strengths and weaknesses out there and then you won't stereotype people and you begin to try to build teams from, with diverse background, diverse perspective, diverse strengths and that will make for a much stronger, much more resilient Singapore. Thank you. Thank you so much for your responses and for answering my question. And with that, we have come to the end of the Q&A session. I'll hand the time back to the MCs.